Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. Do you live and breathe a can-do attitude? Do you thrive or merely survive at work? Today, we'll be getting some top tips on how we as coaches can help our clients step up, shake it off and shine. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention. What works and what doesn't? As the proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited master coach. I've been coaching for 10 years, mainly in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Gail Gibson and her client, Dila Zanata. Gail is an award-winning accredited master performance coach, an international speaker, podcast host and author. Gail's can-do coaching is a simple yet incredibly effective coaching technique, which has led to life-changing transformation for business and corporate leaders across the globe. Gail's client, Dealer Zanatta, built a multi-million pound tech business. Using the can-do approach, Dealer has won through challenges in her mindset and thrives in her role as founder and co-CEO. Welcome, both of you. Hello, thank you for having us on the show. Welcome, Welcome Jenny. Thank you. I'll start with Gail, and then we're going to flip over the coin and speak to Delia. Gail, tell me about yourself. Okay, so I guess my journey into becoming the performance coach that I am today stemmed from my childhood. So I developed this very strong can-do approach throughout my life. So as a child, I learned to go through life and to learn from the challenges I was facing, and I that followed as a path through my education. And then I think it was from life experience, it then moved into um, becoming a big part of my life was travel. So I took off and decided to go on a global quest and have a lot of adventures. And so through this through this uh, action of travel, I kept developing this whole can-do approach and this can-do mindset that has really served me um, in my life and in my career uh, to date. So I kept building this muscle and powering it up. And so as a result of that, and I find myself now 15 years down the line as a performance coach and working with leaders across the globe, I created the can-do approach to do just that, to enable leaders to step up, shake it off and shine, but more importantly, to help them to achieve peak personal performance. So we go through the can-do three-step approach, which is all about learning how to live with purpose, create meaningful work, and then as a result, reaching their personal best. That's super. So where do you start with your clients to be able to help them achieve those three can-do approaches? Okay, so I think the first thing that a number of coach, a number of my clients, I should say, over the years who've come to me have come with the reason that they wanted to 
develop their businesses. So they wanted to either, if they were in small business and they were running a small to medium-sized enterprise, they were looking for coaching to say, I want to progress the business or I want to take on more team members um, or in the corporate arena, perhaps it was a, a change of role or a step up in the role that they were wanting to progress themselves. So what I quickly realized through using this can-do approach of mine, that it there was a lot of self-leadership work that needed to be worked on for many of my clients. So what I mean by that is I could see that they were struggling with certain elements of themselves to be able to progress their businesses forward or to take that career leap of faith. So what I was finding was that when we took a step back and we paused and we really focused on what was the immediate need for that client, I helped them to unearth and discover that it was these self-leadership traits and skills such as self-worth, self-belief, building confidence in themselves, letting go of behaviours and beliefs that no longer serve them and helping them win through those challenges in their lives. So then using that can-do approach, it was looking at what mattered to them most. So looking at their values so that they could really be living and breathing and working through those values every single day of their lives. And then from that values point, when they were improving their self-leadership and they were elevating their own success, I found then that they were able to really create meaningful work. So in terms of a business owner, they were then realising that what was really exciting them and inspiring them about the work that they were doing. And so how could they then create more of that in their daily work, their monthly and yearly work? And so on the other side of that with corporate as well, it was it gave my clients an opportunity to actually look at what they were doing and work out for themselves whether it was where they wanted to stay, what they wanted to learn to be able to move on or what they wanted to learn then in themselves to be able to take that next step in their career progression. And so then at culminating all of that together so when we can live with purpose and when we are creating meaningful work what we are enabling ourselves to do is actually to achieve that personal best so we are looking at it from a holistic perspective and thinking am I reaching my personal best in my mindset am I reaching my personal best in my body and how I move and my physical and then at the same time this self-lead part is so critical to the development of an individual so that they're asking themselves am I performing at my personal best for myself so all of that brings it together that three-step approach of living with purpose creating meaningful work and reaching personal best it sounds like quite a journey that you take people on I'm interested Gail um have you noticed a difference between the people that you coach on that self-leadership, be it um, male or female or different age ranges? Um, the reason why I'm asking is because you know, one of the podcasts we're talking about imposter syndrome. And I was just wondering whether that was something that was more prominent from your experience in certain in a certain sex or a certain age or a certain culture. That's a really great question. Thank you, Jenny. Um, from my experience, I would say that 80% of my work has been with women leaders. So 
I have seen that imposter syndrome come very heavily to the surface and it has so much to do with those selves that we talked about, about self-awareness, about self-belief and about self-worth. And it, that is one of those key areas that a lot of women in corporate and in business hold themselves back by because they believe at the start maybe that they can't do something. But using my can-do approach and using the, the framework that I um, enable in others, it's taking them through, as you said before, that journey of discovery about themselves. Who told them to believe those certain beliefs and habits about them? And what can they do to flick the switch on those to turn them into positive ways of thinking about, well, what can I do? What's right in front of me now? How does it align with the values that I have in my business that I want to take forward? And then what do I need to put into action? And so what do you listen for from your clients to help overcome hidden resistance so they can live that can-do attitude? I think, I mean, as in our role as coaches, it is so much down to that 80% listening and 20% speaking. And I think when when I've given myself and my clients that, that real space to actually just share their story, to tell me what is really going on. So it's maybe using some deeper, deeper questioning when we ask that question, what's going on? Well, what's really going on? What is, what is, what is really holding you back? Who's been telling you that? What, what does that, or how does that make you feel? And what do you think you can do about it? And, and then, so it's that really deep questioning. Um, and I guess it's bringing in that real empathy, that strong trait of empathy as well, to really be thinking, well, what's going on with this person? What's going on in their mindset? And helping them to realise that, it's not a quick fix to walk away from coaching and think I'm going to be fixed in one session, but by opening up the idea of what's holding them back and this resistance is thinking, well, it's part of a process. So I'll learn something today, but what's more important is what I put into practice when I leave the coaching session. And then I can come back and reflect with Gail and I can then take the next step toward what I still need to keep working on and keep practicing so that I can work through and win through the challenges that I'm facing. And I'm interested that you work with some of your clients outside power walking. How do you find that that technique helps the coaching process, you know, especially asking those deep questions? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm somebody who myself loves to be outside and, and active movement is something that generates a lot of creativity and a lot of curiosity in me. And some of my best work comes from outside as well, that, that perspective. And if I reflect on one of my clients who I coached for a period of six months and she was, um, she'd come out of corporate, so she was going through a big period of career transition and she elected to take the outdoor coaching opportunity with me. And what she always fed back to me on every session was that in the outdoor space, there are no barriers, there are no there's no distraction, so to speak. And I know when you think about that, we were walking around Hyde Park and there were a lot of people around us. There were people on bikes, walkers, mums pushing prams. There were dogs. There was a lot of activity going on. But at the same time, because we were having such a deep and thoughtful conversation, just the two of us, but we were doing so in the fresh air, it was 
amazing how many moments of clarity she had and that winning perspective that she was able to take away from the session. So I think when we step into the outdoors, we can remove any of those blinkers and we didn't have any technology. We didn't have anything with us so that it was a very free free thinking space. And as a result of it, her results were high performing and also her clarity of thought and then the goals that she set herself she was able to win through them and then encourage herself to to push herself further um, to do whatever came next for her. Thank you Gail and as coaches if we're working with people on on that similar model like the can-do attitude what advice would you give to us if we were with a client that just simply felt stuck or didn't have the confidence to take the step that they knew they needed to take? I think it's going back to asking some more of those even deeper questions and or maybe asking the client, I mean, one of those golden questions that you can ask is say, well, what do you want me to ask you next? Where do you feel this is going or what do you, what do you feel or why do you feel we're at this sticking point right now? What what can we do or what can we look at to get you unstuck? And I think that's happened to me a handful of times over the years with different clients and you do get to a crossroads and it's like, okay, it's not that I don't know how to do this, but it's like for a moment you pause and reflect and think, am I really taking the line of questioning I'm taking down the right route for this person or do we need to take that pause and actually say, what do you want me to ask you next? And then nine times out of 10, that has helped to bring the conversation to a new path. And it has allowed the client to actually really embrace a different type of thinking. And it almost becomes that it's all of a sudden, it becomes even more about them and deeper about them. So they can achieve much more winning outcomes and some really positive results going forward. Thank you, Gail. You've written a book on networking, making connections, how to network effectively to build better business relationships. But actually, in light of what you've been talking about, um, I'm wondering within that, how important is it as business professionals, do clients need to network to almost build a tribe around them that can help them have that can-do attitude that can help them achieve? Most certainly. You know, networking is for the client as much as it is for the business or the corporate leader functioning because, you know, when we build a supportive network of people around us, people we trust, people we respect, people that can challenge us, people that can inspire us. We become even better as human beings. And whatever we then choose to do in our lives or our careers, we just we can just become better. And I think it's one of the most wonderful things that I was ever blessed to bring about in my life. And it's still a huge part of the success of myself and my business and I would say to anybody learn how to network and when you do network nurture every relationship that you build and make sure that you focus on being reciprocal in everything that you do because what I have learned over the years from networking is that the more you can build others and you can enable the success of others the more that it will build you and so 
going forward it's just such a powerful connection and uh, I couldn't I can't recommend um, networking highly enough if you just needed to take that step what is your one networking tip to encourage people going yes I'm going to do this today is actually to walk into a networking event. You know, I've had several clients and, and other people I know over the years who have been so fearful of networking because they're just, I think they fear the word. And so they have driven to an event location and they've sat in their car and they've sat in their car and they've sat in their car and they haven't given themselves the opportunity to get curious and to go into a room, yes, perhaps full of people they don't know, but one of the golden rules I always say to my clients is you never know where a conversation can go. And if you can put on your adventurer hat and you can go in there with a very, very open mind and even at first, if you listen more than you speak to people, you give yourself a chance to just keep building your confidence and keep building the opportunity for you to start to build a network. So get out of your car and actually go to an event or if it's online, Turn your camera on so that people can see you at an online event. Thank you so much, Gail. I'm going to flip over the coin now and speak to Delia. Delia, tell me about yourself. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I have been um, working with Gail for the last uh, five, six years. Can't believe it's been quite so long, but uh, which is pretty much the length of um, my journey so far, starting um, a technology business, software business. It's a uh, recruitment solution called Optunely, which is a talent marketplace um, that connects people to the role that's right for them, basically. And um, yeah, so uh, in my early career, I worked for uh, medium-sized businesses and corporates. And and I, I guess I got to a point when I was uh, in my late 30s and I just thought you know there's there's got to be more to life than this and you know I wasn't I wasn't happy in the corporate world um, it was very full of full of politics um, and I just didn't feel that I could really make a, a difference I think a lot of people feel this they, um, you know, feel a, a little invisible or unable to, yeah, I, I guess, a, achieve anything in such a, a huge business, uh, sort of a, um, like, a, like a corporate environment. And um, so I decided to give it all up and start um, opportunely with my friend and, and business partner, and uh, yes, yeah, so so Gail has been supporting me on the journey ever since. Why did you choose Gail to be your coach? Gail was actually introduced to me um, by a mutual friend. Um, she had a formidable reputation, <laughs> uh, which was exactly what I need. But but also she and I just got on very well. Um, we're we're very similar. Our values are very similar, and I think that really matters when you're picking a coach that you have to. You have to click. So when you started with Girl, you had a vision. Would you say that you started with a can-do attitude or was that something that happened over the last five, six years since you've been working with Gail? I think I started with a, a, a bit of a can-do attitude. Um, I think I always have had. Um, but, you know, starting, starting a business is really tough. 
um, you know, people talk about it, it being a, a real journey of highs and lows, ups and downs. Um, you know, <laughs> it really is. I, th I think I think you just don't know until you're in it quite how difficult it is. And I think it's therefore really hard to maintain a can do attitude. And I think that's where Gail has really, really helped me. Um, so in that sort of, as I was talking about earlier, that that sort of shift from corporate, that sort of safe or you know, secure almost environment um, through to the the insecurity of, of of startup life and the and the ups and downs. So yes, I think she's helped me to maintain and, and build on my can-do attitude and my confidence um, and my resilience as well. I always thought I was a fairly resilient person, but but Gail has certainly helped me over the years massively to, to realize what I'm capable of. Um, and it's it's so it's so important, I think, on the on a startup journey to, to have someone like Gail beside you, um, you know, keeping you sane, um, listening, challenging, keeping you accountable, supporting you. Um, it can be it can be really a, a lonely journey. Um, even if you have sort of a, a, a co-founder and, you know, she and I have a, a fantastic relationship, but, um, but, but yes, just having someone independent um, is, is really important. Out of all the tools, techniques, conversations, questions that you've had from Gail over the years, has there been one thing that has stuck out, which you keep going back to? Yes. I mean, <laughs> So I think Gail is is incredibly perceptive. You know, you you get coaches and then you get really good coaches. <laughs> Gail is Gail is one of one of those. Um, she's throughout my journey, she's just been incredibly good at um, allowing me to just offload. And even when even when I haven't really known what I want to talk about in a in a session. This is quite a theme for me. So sometimes, sort of the, you do get a little overwhelmed with the journey, uh, and you you come to a session thinking, right, well, it, this is coaching. I'm supposed to know exactly what I want to achieve out of this session, or to have one particular thing to work on. And and sometimes you you just don't. And and Gail is in, incredibly incredibly good at sort of listening to to me offload and, and guiding me to really understand what the issue is that I need to, to deal with um, at, at that particular time. But she's also, so that's a sort of, a, I guess, a general theme. Um, but uh, she's also guided me to several real light bulb moments for me, in fact, more than several, a number of, of light bulb moments over the years, one of which was particularly powerful the, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and and she's just, yeah, she, she's just incredibly good at, at lasering in and, and, and obviously coaching, you're, you're not being told um, what, what the answer is, clearly, that's the, you know, skill of a good coach is, is to guide you. But the way that that she questioned and really got underneath what I needed to to understand about myself 
um, it was really a, a culmination of the last sort of five years of, of coaching and realizing who I actually am. And that sounds like a really weird thing to say, you know, for, for a 44 year old, it's only taken me 44 years. Um, but to really understand what my value is and why I make a difference and why I add value in any situation and to any business and, and what's what's the the real me um, and I think <clears throat> I think a lot of people never get to that never actually understand who they are and, and it was it was a really emotional moment but but also uh, just a, a real relief and a release as well um, and, and I yeah I, I just think it's the skill of Gail um, that that enabled me to to get to to that moment. What a fantastic and powerful epiphany that was for you. It was. It was. Yes, I was very emotional, a bit washed out for the next few days, and and actually, it, it took me some time to to really process it and and to start to live it, uh, if you know what I mean. To to really understand it, unpack it. And I'm sure in our next coaching session this week, we'll talk about it um, some more. But uh, yeah, it was a really, really, really powerful moment. And I think that's the difference between a coach and a, and a really experienced coach like, like Gail. So Delia, with that in mind, my final question for you is, what feedback would you give to coaches who work in a similar niche to Gail that they can do to improve the way that they work with their clients? I think um, I think it's to um, this can sound slightly funny, but to to re- relax into it because if you're if you're really focused on following a process, you're not really listening and you're not really present. Um, whereas I think if you if you if you're trying to clear your mind and really be present and in the moment and really listening to what your client is saying and you know whether it's facial expressions or or body position or whatever as as well um then then I think I think you can really get on the same wavelength as them and and really listen to what what it is that's needed Gail's incredibly good at it and I and I've experienced other coaches in the past who who aren't so good at it because it feels like you're being taken through a process as opposed to a natural flowing conversation Thank you. That, that's really insightful advice for us as coaches. What a great discussion. Thank you so much, Gail and Delia. If you would like to find out more about working with Gail, then she can be contacted via her website at gailmgibson.com. We're confident that anyone who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be among the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching and mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.